Welcome to Tigers in 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast hosted by lead writer Christian Fowler, where he brings you the latest interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and more in both football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Here is your host, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of Off the Boards. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me now is Memphis Tigers quarterback, Brady White, who finished in the top 10 in the country in both passing yards and touchdowns. Brady, how's everything going, man? Going great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So first thing I want to start with um, is your decision to return. I know you obviously just got back to Memphis within the last week or so uh, after the holiday, and I and I know from talking to you that you obviously spent time there with your family talking about the decision. Uh, what went into it, and how did the process all unfold uh, in the decision on returning for your final season? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of it was, you know, just gathering as much information as possible with in regards to, um, you know, both options, returning um, for my final season or looking on to moving into the, you know, to that next level in the NFL. Um and uh, I just wanted to make sure that I was very, you know, meticulous and, and detailed in my approach and kind of that whole process, making sure I'm asking all the necessary questions and getting all that and talking with um, as many people as possible, the right people, of course, not just anyone. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure I took that time and, and really reflected and prayed about it with my family and um, evaluated, you know, a lot of different things and, um, at the end of the day, I felt comfortable with either decision, but um, realized the opportunity that I had with coming back and understanding the, the group of guys that we have and the awesome opportunity um, to continue to grow as an individual and as a team. So, um, you know, I made my decision and I'm excited to get back to it. Obviously, every pretty much everyone that plays college football and high school, pretty much any level of football, everyone wants to make it to the next level. You want to make it to the NFL. That's the majority of football players' dreams. And even though you decided not to do that up to this point, uh, how exciting is it to be able to come back and know that uh, you could potentially boost your stock and that that's still an option down the road? So how exciting is it to come back for one more year in at Memphis? Yeah, it's super exciting, man. Um, like you said, it's been a childhood dream of mine to get to the next level. And um, even though, you know, you have those opportunities and players all across the country, you know, they have the opportunity to leave or to do whatever they want. Um, you, you know, you just can't rush it. It's just like anything else in life. You want it to make sure that um, everything feels right and it's, and it's the best move for you. And um, uh, I made my decision and I'm, extremely happy and confident with it and you know as as i come back i i I do get another year with with the group of guys this team um at this awesome university and program and in this special city so um there's so much to be done not just on the field but off the field and i'm excited to be a part of that and um, just continue to improve myself in all areas as a student as an athlete as a as a just as a human being and then um you know down the line hopefully get that opportunity to achieve that childhood dream of mine what's left for you to prove at this level because when you look back on your two years at memphis you had a solid first season after the transfer 
and then you really had a massive season last year, like I said at the top of the episode, uh, top 10 in passing yards and touchdowns, really showed, you know, after people were questioning last year, your mobility, your arm strength, you showed that you can push the ball down the field, uh, you showed multiple times that you can get out of the pocket and extend the play, so, so what's left to prove for you at the collegiate level? Yeah, um, it's a very valid question, and um, the way I kind of look at that stuff is, it's kind of what I touched on last year and what we touched on as a team is just uh, continual improvement. Um, always uh, maximizing your opportunities every day to get better and to um, just make sure you're, you're getting that 1%. Um, you know, it, it, I know that was uh, kind of under Norvell's um, time, but um, it's something that I, I really buy into just as, as a man. Um taking in every opportunity every day waking up and, and realizing that's the the opportunity that's presenting itself to you um, right now and what are you going to do with that time what are you going to do with that opportunity you're going to get better you're going to get worse or are you going to be lazy or you're going to work hard and so um, you know I, everyone's going to have different opinions on what I have left to prove or uh, what more can we do as a team what can I do um, I have things that I want to continue to work on and grow as, as a, as a football player and as a quarterback. But when it comes to proving stuff, man, I'm, I'm just enjoying every moment. I'm having fun. I'm, I'm still living a childhood dream playing at the highest level of, um, you know, college football. And, um, I want to just to continue to get better in every area and really just make sure that I'm pushing myself to be the best I can be so that, when the time comes and all that evaluation is coming down for the next level, I'm in a really good spot and have the, the best chance to. You said you, you said you really don't feel like you have anything else to prove as far as, you know, to the people, but there's things specifically that you want to work on. What are some of those specifics that you want to work on going into this season to improve on your game? Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to touch on it briefly, you know, I, I never feel like I have anything to prove to, to anyone. Um, uh, you know, I personally play for an audience of one. I'm a big believer and a man of faith. And um, while I, I want to display my, you know, my, my blessings and my abilities, um, I, uh, that's kind of how, how I play, man. I play very free. I'm very confident, very comfortable. And so that's kind of why I say that. I don't want it to come off as um, cocky or, like not caring or not feeling I have anything to prove because I'm a fierce competitor and I want to be the best to possibly, you know, the best I could possibly be and push my team to excellence. But to answer your question, um, sorry for that little rabbit hole. To answer your question, I, I really want to just continue to get stronger um, and more mobile. Um, obviously, you know, the, the off the field stuff, studying the playbook and, and continuing to break down film. Um, you can do that a lot just with, the time you have as long as you're committed um when it comes to physical things you got to make sure you have a good balance of pushing yourself and getting better but also resting so that you know when spring ball comes around and summer and as you transition you're you're fully loaded so um, i'm really just focusing on this off season working hard in the weight room um getting out on the field and throwing so continuing to build that strength um just as weight room numbers, but also functional strength so that when you're playing it, it, you know, you can utilize it and then continue to work on just quickness, agility, and and mobility um, so that you just, I'm a well-rounded quarterback. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I really want to take a look back at last season because I don't even think it's an argument anymore at this point. It was the greatest season in school history. First route, first outright American championship, uh, first ever New Year's Six Bowl appearance. I think you guys beat four teams that were ranked in the top 25 at some point, uh, including Cincinnati twice. So let's go through a couple moments here, and I, and I really just want to get your reaction on those moments and what it was like for you. So first thing is the SMU game, college game day, first time it's ever come to Memphis. It was a massive scene. I know you guys came out there uh, the Friday before the game with the band and, and kind of walked in front of all the fans and stuff. Uh, it was a special moment, obviously, and then the game, I think, was was clearly the cherry on top. I mean, it was an incredible game. I think it was the back-and-forth offensive explosion that pretty much everyone was expecting. So when you when you reflect back and you look back on that game, just kind of walk us through what the moment was like uh, playing in that game when you knew you know how big the national spotlight really was. Yeah, it was, like I mean, like you said, it was, it was incredible. It was super special. Um, what an opportunity, you know, I think you might have touched on it, no, not only for our program and our football team, but for the city to be displayed on the national broadcast and that national platform. Um, it was super cool. I thought it was really smart of, of our staff to, to allow us to go down there and really soak in um, that college game day atmosphere. Um, not, you know, not every football player and college athlete or team is going to have that opportunity and have that experience. So, I thought it was really cool to get down there. I, you know, I was fortunate enough to actually like get on the stage and, and talk with the guys of college game day. So that was a fun experience and a, and a dream come true. And, and then, like you mentioned, the cherry on top was, was going out um, on game day and getting the W and I think it was a sold out crowd of the sea of blue. And that was, that was a, uh, an image coming out of that, that tiger head that I'll never forget and, and a feeling that is just surreal. And that's why we love our fans and, and always, you know, push for that bowl to be packed because it, it does add a different element when opponents come in here and, and it's like that. So it was super awesome. The game was super fun. Um, I think it was like a top 12 game that came out. I saw an article on that or something in the, in the entire season. So uh, pretty special for our city and for our football team. Yeah, before we move on to the next moment that I want to talk about, you you mentioned something about being able to sit down with the guys, and I think that was on Friday, correct? That was during the parade and everything. You got to sit down and do an interview with the guys, and I'm sure those are guys, uh, because you're a football junkie, uh, that you've been watching since you were a kid and that you've known about since you were a kid. So how surreal was that moment being able to sit down with, with really some broadcasting legends and be able to talk to them about your, yourself playing on that stage? Yeah, no, it was sweet. I mean, I was up there before I got on, like, video, taking videos and um, kind of soaking it all in. I mean, you got, you know, Desmond and Howard up there and all those guys. And like you said, you know, I'm, I, I have been a football junkie my entire life, so I've seen these guys on TV and doing their thing ever since I was a kid. And, and obviously we don't have the NCAA video game anymore. Hopefully that returns. Shout out NCAA. Um but 
you know, even when you're playing like those games, like you see Kirk Herbstreit and all those guys and you hear their voices and um, it was just, it was kind of surreal, kind of uh, wild to, to be the guy that they're talking to and, and that's kind of being highlighted in that moment. And um, Yeah, just a blessing, man. Uh, kind of, uh, I can't, you know, put it into words at, for the, like a description and can't really give you enough, but it was really fun. And the next moment would be the the conference championship game, and and I know that was extremely difficult because I think it was the on, only the fourth or fifth time in the history of college football when a team has had to play another team in back to back games, which is which is it's crazy because you think about wild dynamic. I'll tell you that. Yeah, because I mean, when you think about a coach, especially a good coach like Luke Fickle, I don't, I don't want to take any credit away from him, and a good coach like Coach Norvell. I mean, they had to go back and watch a game and game plan for the same team that they did the week before. At that point, you see schemes, you see things that they want to do to your team specifically. So, uh, you know, overall, that's just an incredible dynamic, a crazy dynamic, and it's very rare to have to do that. So you guys uh, struggled at times on offense, uh, I mean, obviously, because they get another week to prepare for the same team. Uh, But you have that game-winning drive where, you know, Antonio really takes over, um, and then the the touchdown comes on the screen, which I think, I saw that from the beginning. As soon as he lined up, it was stacked. You guys had numbers, throw the screen, let AG go to work. So it was, you know, it was overall it was just a, a great game, a great drive uh, to to get the first outright conference championship in school history. So what was what was that like? Because I feel like that, you know, the Cotton Bowl was incredible, but I feel like that was the pinnacle of the season. And it was like, this is, the, you know, this is what we play for. This is what you guys play for is to, is to come out with that conference championship. So how exciting was that moment as the leader and the quarterback of this team to be able to stand on that podium, hold up that trophy, and and just that whole moment. Yeah, it was extremely satisfying, man. It's just such a, uh, uh, one, you know, hopefully not a once-in-a-lifetime, but for a lot of people, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience to be in those championship games. Obviously, for our program and for, you know, myself and this team, we've been there multiple times, but it was super, you know, um, it was just a super exciting feeling and happy feeling to, to finally come on, you know, come out on top um, and to get over that hump and to achieve that. And, and it was such a unique game because, you know, like you said, we had just played them the last week and that was, you know, that had a lot riding on it too. You know, our division championship goes to either us or, or um, SMU. Yeah. So we needed to win that to even get there. And then, so it's a big game. We win that one. And then, you you know, same teams coming right back to your house to play in an even bigger game. Um, and it's just tough because they just saw everything you did the week before. It's the same team. So how much, you know, how much are you going to, you don't want to add too much, but you got to be different because you can't just go out and run the same. So it was, it was a super unique thing. I've never been a part of it. I've been a part of teams where you play a team twice in the same season, but you have multiple weeks in between or whenever you see him again, um, never have been back to back. So um, I was super proud of our guys and just how we responded to that situation. And, you know, we talked about just focusing on ourselves the entire season. That's what we did. We didn't buy into it too much and didn't look at it. We just kind of went out and executed. It wasn't the, per- you know, the cleanest game, the perfect game. But um, like you said, we did what we had to do on both, you know, in all three phases to, to get the win. And we had an awesome game winning drive at the end and, defense was nails on that last drive for them and and we got the w so and just another you know it's another 
amazing, amazing um, achievement for this program and for our team. And towards that end of the season, man, it just seems like every week keep getting keep getting more important, more important, bigger stakes on the line. So it was a lot of fun. That's the best. And then the final moment is the Cotton Bowl. And I know, unfortunately, you guys didn't win that game. And I know that that has to still hurt as the competitor that you are. But when you look at the spectacle of it, I mean, you get to play in one of the best stadiums in the world, at AT&T Stadium. Personally, for me, being a Cowboys fan, it was incredible walking in there. It was surreal. So I can't imagine what it was like to play on that field, to play in a New Year's Six Bowl, to see the way that the fans traveled out. I think everyone was shocked by by how how many fans were actually there at the game. Uh, so so that moment as a whole, you know, that whole weekend of being able to uh, see everyone come out and then actually play in that game. What was that like, and did you ever envision that when coming to Memphis? Absolutely. I mean, that was, um, you know, we talked about being 1-0, so our focus wasn't on that, but that was an expectation of ours, a goal of ours that we um, clearly reached. You know, like you mentioned, I'm I'm still frustrated as I, as I reflect and, and realize that we lost, but um, the entire week was just, phenomenal the hospitality the treatment the you know everything that they put together and all the stuff that we kind all the resources we had and um, opportunities we had like throughout that week was second to none just a straight class you know awesome class people with class um you know you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be anywhere else and uh I mentioned something to other people, like sometimes, you know, teams get frustrated because, you know, maybe you're missing Christmas with family or something and you're not in the great, well, you know, we were happy to be spending Christmas in Texas this year. So um, it was uh, was an awesome, awesome experience. We were were super proud to be uh, in that bowl game and to be represent, you know, representing our city there. And as far as the game goes, I know I'm, I'm frustrated about it, but I was extremely um, content and proud of the way our team fought and battled. Um, that was a hell of a team we played, and all credit goes to them because they came out on top and were the better team that day. But you look at multiple, multiple times where we're right there in the game, and if you change a couple plays, um, I think we're we're in a really tight game where it's coming down to uh, one or the other team having having to score or get a stop to really decide that game. Um, so I was proud of the way we battled, how we fought, and just, you know, sucks to come up short. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, a couple things I want to hit on uh, about last season still before we move on to this upcoming season uh, and sticking with that Cotton Bowl game. You know, I've seen every game that you've played at Memphis for two years. I started covering the team your first year, so I've seen every game you've played, nearly every throw that you've made. And when I look at the, when I was watching the Cotton Bowl up in the press box, I was like, Bro, this this really might be the best, throw, you know, from a throwing performance. It might be the best game that I've ever seen you have. And there's a couple throws I want to point to. And everyone talks about the bucket drop to Demonte, which was an absolutely incredible throw. But to me, the throw of the game, the throw of the game was I think you were rolling left, and you threw back across your body to Kadarian Jones on a post down the field, like. Bro, that's that's a throw that only like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers can make. Like you don't see quarterbacks roll to their left, throw off their back foot, you know, fifty yards down the field on a post route. So just walk me walk me through that that throw real quick and, and what you saw because that's not an easy throw to make whatsoever. Yeah, so 
it was that you know he he didn't have a design post um it was it was a just a straight drop back concept um and i was really looking left to, that was kind of my primary side backside uh kd had a at a we call it an outlet dig um so a deeper dig on the backside and um if i remember correct i think either there was some inside pressure like they twisted or something and so i kind of just subtly moved to my left um they had kind of the our left side they had pretty good coverage so i just extended the play a little bit more by rolling a little bit more to the left and i was scanning back you know back across the field and, and kd had turned his dig into a post essentially and um I knew I had grass and, and I knew I could give him a chance. So I let it fly and it was a big play and um, definitely a big like momentum for us and energizer to kind of get us going and um, a super fun play to just, you know, look back and watch. I, I know you always talk about confidence and that's something that's big with you. Um, but, but how much more confident were you this year? And, and, you know, I, I think I've heard you say this before and it's always been my kind of theory, especially with the Liz Frank fracture, a lot of people don't understand that 60 to 70% of a quarterback's throwing motion and throwing power comes in the legs. Uh, so with the Liz Frank fracture and having to battle back from that, that was always my theory that, you know, the, the arm strength was going to come with time because you had to strengthen your legs back because very, very few people, especially common fans, don't understand how much power comes from a quarterback's legs and a quarterback's core. So anyway, I say all that to say, you know, how much more confident were you this year? Because you really, you you were whipping it down the field this year, and you, you didn't push it as down the field as much in your first season. But, this, like, I don't think you would have made that throw. I don't I don't, even, I don't know if you would have attempted that throw that you had to Canarian last year. So how much more confident were you this year, and, and what really went into that? Yeah, well, I, I've been at full strength. I mean, my first season I did, it wasn't, there was nothing to do with my list. My list, Frank, has been healed for a while. Um, I did. I did have that ankle feel at the uh, beginning of my first year. Um, that it wasn't super severe, but it kind of hindered me a little bit. But whatever. Um, I just think the biggest thing in terms of like you mentioned, not making that throw or not, it was just kind of the. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Per- I'm not gonna say it perfectly, but I'm. I'm gonna try to articulate it. Um, the way, um, the style of play that we had with the team we had, and also um, what we were just seeing from defenses. Uh, I think that first, my first year, we had a, you know, we had a very uh, special group just as we did this year. And, but it's different. Every team's different. And um, I guess I'm trying to say, I, I, I was asked to do a lot, but it was different this last year. Um, right. And I think, in terms of really throwing the ball downfield and stretching it out, we, we did more this year. And I was, you know, I was actually given that freedom to do so. Um, and we're calling plays that are more focused on that rather than um, maybe, you know, a play that's not necessarily going to turn out that way. Um, because we're, we're a well-rounded offense. So just because, we throw the ball for a 10 yard. It doesn't mean that we, you know, we definitely have shots on multiple plays. It's just a matter of what the defense is giving you. But I say all that um, just to say that this year, I think there was just more opportunities. I was, um, I was asked to do that more. We called more plays that were kind of 
you know, if we get the look, it's going to go that way. And then I, I just, like you, like, I, like you said, I was more confident, more comfortable with my team. And I talked about in the off season how the biggest growth I saw for myself was completely off the field with my teammates and getting more closer to them and building those relationships. Um, because when you're comfortable with your guys and you're confident, everything just kind of becomes second nature. You go out and play. Whereas if it's not, you might be thinking a little bit too much. You know, not everything is just down pat, um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we also threw the ball like 50 plus times in the, in the bowl game. So that was a lot of fun for me. I don't think we've done that yet since I've been here. So I hope we can do that more. Right, and then last thing about last season before we move on a little bit towards next season. Um, I want to talk about the Temple game. Um, I know you said after the game you were disappointed in your performance. Um, but a, a, a lot of quarterbacks around the country would fold after that. I mean, with with everything that you were getting from the fan base, uh, with the performance itself – a lot of quarterbacks would have folded and you would have seen them kind of hang their head and lose confidence and it could have spiraled downhill. Instead of it going that way, you turn it around. Uh, you really took initiative and said, Hey, that, you know, that's on me. There's, there's nothing else I can say, but that's on me. I'm going to keep preparing. Like I prepare every week. I'm going to keep watching film. Like I watch film every week. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, you come off that game with the seven game winning streak. I mean, you had an incredible stretch after that and really played well throughout the season. So What's the what's the mindset after that? Because like I said, it it takes uh, a very confident player, a player that understands their abilities and that doesn't shy away from you know the spotlight or whatever's going on at the time. So, what was the mindset after that game and and really turning it around after that? Yeah, I mean that game was just sloppy all over the place. Um, it was kind of like the perfect storm for Temple. They played their, I think they played a very good game, and we played probably one of our worst. Um, started the game with three turnovers on three drives. A um, couple of those were my fault. Another one was um, just young players and uh, some miscommunication. Um, but at the end of the day, there's no excuse. And uh, what's, you know, the pros and cons, there's always pros and cons to everything in wins and losses. The, the cons is we lost and it was ugly and we were pissed off because we didn't come out on top and we didn't play very well. You look at that and we're still – you know, uh, you can make a strong argument that we should still win that game. But um, enough of that. As far as how I responded, it's all about the response, man. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, everyone's going to everyone's gonna run into success and adversity in life. Um, and in sports, it's going to come in multiple ways. And um, it, it's, a, it's a big tell in your character on how you respond to both of those things. Um, I think you can ask anyone on our team, even in that game when, when crap was in the fan or when I wasn't playing my best. On the sideline, I was cool, calm, and collected. I knew what I needed to do and was just trying to stay positive for my teammates and keep being the uh, the leader and, and encouraging everyone and um, trying to get us back in it. And that just kind of – that's always been my approach. And after that week, um, you talked about the run we went on and – and the way we were playing, and that's how it was. Just nothing changed for me. It's just me knowing who I am, being um, authentic and into who I am as a player and as a person. And, you know, like you said, mentioning that confidence, just being confident that I know I'm the guy. And, um, I, you know, I was, uh, I was the leader 
part of the uh, leader on this team and, and um, was very happy with the way we all responded to that game and finished the season off. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now kind of looking forward to the future and what's coming up next year. There was so much damn speculation after Norvell left that, oh, Brady's done, Brady's gone, Norvell was his guy. He's going to go transfer to Florida State. Just people not knowing what the hell they're talking about, pretty much. Um, and, and then, obviously, Silverfield gets the job, uh, like we talked about at the top of the episode. You really molded over with your family and a lot of people that you trusted and decided to come back. Uh, so now, looking forward to the spring, to the summer, and to next season, when you think about playing under Coach, Coach Silverfield, which is somebody that you've been with for two years now, how excited are you to see the direction of this program under under Silverfield and to play for him for for one year. I'm I'm very excited. Um, that you know, I think everyone saw the reaction of our team when he was announced. Uh, he's the man that deserves the job. He's the right guy for the job. He's been a part of this program and in this culture for a while, and um, so he knows. You know, he's been a part of it. He's been integrated. So um, there's still that foundation, and there's still that standard and that culture that is going to maintain the same. It's not going to be, you know, like we're, you know, making a bunch of different changes, but he is his own, he is his own man and he is his own type of coach. So, um, you know, there's some subtle differences that are made and, um, but it's easy to adjust to and everyone loves him as, as a coach and as a person. So, you know, he's going to get the most out of his players. And so I'm very excited to, you know, be able to go into the spring and, and, get to experience more on how he operates as the head ball coach um, and get to see, you know, how they interact as an entire coaching staff, what it looks like for us as players. And, and then obviously, um, you know, you, you just learn from the spring and you grow as a team and as a coaching staff and as a whole, and you attack the summer and the fall camps, and then you head right back into battle and it's another season. And um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm proud to be, you know, his quarterback and to um, be running the offense um, for him. And I'm ready to go to war with him. That's the guy that you'd run through a wall for. So let's talk about this offense. Uh, actually, the first interview I ever did with you was media day uh, coming into your first season. And what you said was that you were salivating, quote unquote, salivating over the weapons that you had. And that was Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, Patrick Taylor, and Daryl and Tony were obviously gone this year. Patrick's going to be gone. But it's like you guys just keep restocking and reloading. I mean, when you look at what Kenny, Kenny Gamewell did, it's absolutely incredible. 
DeMonte had uh, his second consecutive 1,000-plus yard season. Um, obviously, AG stepped in last year. He'll be gone now. Joey will be gone. But there's still plenty of weapons when you look, you know, when you look on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so for you, with the embarrassment of riches that you have, how how helpful is it for you? And that's not to take anything away from you as a player, because I think you showed everyone what you can do this year. Um, but obviously, every quarterback wants weapons. And when you look at the greatest quarterbacks of all time, they all had weapons throughout their careers. So how you know how exciting is it for you to just have so many guys that you can go to on any given play? Yeah, um, you know it's it's first and foremost a, a, you know it's a testament to our recruiting, um, our program. It's you know it's a program where not just players but coaches as well. And you saw that kind of with how Coach Silverfield um, reloaded our staff. People want to be here. People know. Um, Memphis is, is really good. It's a really special place and um, it's a great opportunity. So um, testament to all that. And it's also testament to our culture, man. Um, you know, you don't, you know, everyone that's here is not the highly, you know, the five-star recruit, like, but everyone that is here loves and appreciates the work and the grind and the everyday process. And so they maximize that potential and, um, you know, you see guys like A.G. And, and Kenny G. Step, you know, like A.G. was with us, but stepped in this year and played a huge role. Um, same with Kenny, but he's still so young. So um, it's it's all about the guys you got, man. And um, we, reload, we reload really well. We will lose um, multiple key pieces, but uh, everyone said that about the year prior, right? And we just had the year we did. So, um I mentioned it before, every every year is a new year, every team's a new team. Even if everyone returns, it's it's different. You gotta adapt, you gotta um evaluate your personnel and who you got and feel out what their strengths are, who they are as a player, how does everyone work together as a group and then um you know, my job is to, to distribute and to be a leader and to make sure that we're getting everything out of every, you know, out of our weapons. Um, I know we didn't talk about the O-line. We're talking specifically about, you know, the guys on the outside and in the backfield. Um, I want to help them, you know, maximize that potential and make sure um, I'm elevating them as a player and, you know, they're going to do their thing. So um, I'm confident. I'm really excited to to get into practice so that we can see the guys that are going to step up and, and, and come into a new role and to also continue to um, go to work with guys that have been here and guys that are like returning like pop and, and Sean Dykes and Monte and all those guys and get back to work with all them. So you've got your wide receiver one, DeMonte's coming back. You got your RB one, Kenny's coming back. Um, but outside of that, like I said, you, you know, you are losing a couple of guys, uh, Dustin Woodard's gone, Joe Magnifico, AG, um, and there are some guys that made plays last year uh, in Calvin Austin, Kadarian Jones gone as well. Um, so I don't think anyone knows your receivers better than you. Like there's no, there's no one that can watch that watch these games and be like, Oh yeah, I know, I know all these guys strengths and weaknesses. No one knows that better than you. You throw to them every day, you know, their route running skills, their hands, you know, what they're good at, what they're not good at. Uh, so who are some of the guys this year that, that you're looking towards to kind of step into that role? And I know, you haven't been with them in the spring yet. You don't. You haven't seen some of the freshmen that are coming in. But who are some of those guys that are returning that 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 you look at and say, yeah, they can make a big difference this year? Yeah, 
Correct. So I'm just going to, I'm going to start off with the guys that, you know, got more, you know, some playing time last year that people might've seen. So you obviously returned Monte. Um, people have seen pop in the past. He's come back from obviously um, his redshirt because of his injury. Um, so I'm excited to get back to work with him. Sean's a big, big contribution that we get returning. Um, obviously we return our, the rest of our tight ends outside of Joey clearly, but like Fox and Tice and those two guys played big down the stretch and are going to be key, uh, key contributors for us. Um, back to the receiver position. That's what I said. Monte pop. Obviously you, said, you mentioned Calvin. He played Taj Washington played. Um, I think Javon played a little bit last year, um, but he's really going to have to step up. Um, we have KD, AG played. Um, and then I think after that, like, we're pretty young. So we're going to have, you know, some some JUCO guys that are stepping in that, you know, we're going to we're gonna get, to, get to see in the spring, some freshmen. Um, but as far as guys that I think played last year, it was really Pop, Monte, Calvin, Taj, and Javon. Oh, and Coy Fairman, he's another one that um, played last year who we expect a lot of things from in the spring going into next season. Um, so, yeah, I would say those guys and then obviously the young bucks and the new guys coming in. So just a couple more questions before I let you go. I know we've been on kind of long here. Um, yeah, did no, you, did you get, take your time. Did you get your doctorate yet? I'm working on it. That's a, you know, I can get masters done in a year. Doctors take a little bit longer. So you did? Did you you finished your masters? Oh yeah, I knocked that out within a year. So I, I got that done. I started my doctorate this fall. Gotcha. So you know, a lot of players don't do that. A lot of players aren't going and getting their masters and or their master's degree and then working on their doctorate. Um, where 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 did the importance on education come for you? And and what really drives that? Because not many people understand that that you guys, as student athletes, put in so much time. Uh, on the field, practices, games, you're traveling during the season, uh, but you also go to school. You're also a full-time student, like I mentioned, you know, working on a doctorate degree. So where does that importance on education come from, and, and what drives you to keep working at that education? Yeah, I mean, we got full-time jobs here, man. Um, I'm not complaining about it, I'm just saying. But um, education has always been something that's, uh, that I value at a high level, Um I've been very fortunate and blessed, you know, to um, have great teachers and great parents that have, have given me those opportunities to, um, you know, learn at a high level and to push myself. And I remember coming out of high school, um, you know, that was something that I really valued. And people probably don't know this to this day, but one of the bigger reasons I chose Arizona State was because of the Honors College there, um, the Barrett Honors College probably most of this country doesn't know that exists. But um, when I saw that, I was like, okay, this place is really everything I'm looking for. Um, But like, I think my number two was like Cal and I think Oregon was after that. So um, I've always wanted to to push myself in every aspect of life, not just on the field. Um, And I've always wanted to get, you know, the highest level of education I could possibly get. Um, just because, you know, knowledge is power and I enjoy learning. Um, and I know that 
you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm, I'm getting all this stuff paid for. And I don't think there's anyone else in the country that, um, completed a master's as a collegiate student athlete and working on their doctorate. Um, and so I know that that's only going to benefit me in life. Um, football is only, even if you have the best career possible and you're Tom Brady and, you know, he's still only in his forties, like he's still got the majority of life left to live. And, um, education is a big big piece of that so um that's kind of where my motivation and my uh value on always trying to overachieve in that area and to push myself comes from and uh i'm just you know with my foot happening early in my career it's it's all been kind of a blessing in in disguise to give me that opportunity to to be in college and to be at the level of academics that i am well, that was Memphis Tigers quarterback Brady White uh, coming back for his final season as a Tiger, also working on his doctorate. Brady, I really appreciate you for joining me, man. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers in 20 Off the Boards. If you enjoyed this interview, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information.